welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lewis, and I'm really excited to have you back again this week. This week, I have the pleasure to have a duo. I've got a father and a daughter with us. Alina and Tom Morris are with us today. I have heard of Alina's story for a while now. Uh, she actually lives just, uh, you know, maybe about a half hour, 40 minutes down the road from where I live. But her story is a really unique one because... As you're going to hear, we're going to talk about the history of Zolly Pops and, and some of the, and the candy that she's created um, over the years. But the issue is she's 15 and almost 16, right? Yes. Yes, almost 16. And with that in mind, she has had an amazing life so far in regards to everything that she's, she's been able to succeed at. So we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So Tom, Lena, thanks so much for being here today. Thank Happy you so much here. for having us. Hey, I love having you both here and the time that you're able to share with me. And I always start these interviews with an opportunity to typically get to know just the dad. But because I've got a dad and a daughter here, we're going to ask you both a couple of questions to, to get to know you a little bit better. So, Tom, this is a question specifically for you because I don't because oh, I don't think Alina can answer this one. When you first found out that you were going to be a father to daughter, talk, bring me back to that moment. And what was that experience like for you? Wow. So that is a life-changing moment. And I will say that Alina is one in a million. You know, I mean, it's just a to have a, a baby is so amazing. And when we found out that Sue, her mom, was pregnant, and it was just such an amazing experience just to get there, <laughs> just to get pregnant. And then to have a little girl you know, come to this world, and they say daughters love their dads. And I can tell you that I'm super blessed to have not one but two daughters. And it was really a special moment. Now, you both have had different experiences in your life that have been very memorable and probably memorable experiences together. Tell me about the most memorable experience that you've both been able to share together. Um, that's tricky. So many. <laughs> yeah, that's tricky. From my 15 years, there's been a lot of different, like really awesome moments. So it's hard to nail them down and pick just one. But I would say for me, well, this isn't even just one moment, but I guess like learning all that I like all the knowledge and not only knowledge, but like my dad teaching me how to do new things. You know, he taught me how to wakeboard. Taught me how to ski, taught me how to, you know, ride a bike. So I feel like all those like fun, like bonding moments, I would say is my favorite. It's just been a lot of firsts. And I feel like when it's with like a best friend or when it's with, you know, another family member, it's a lot different than it is with dads and daughters. It's like, you know, you have a lot of firsts. You know, that's what I treasure the most. What about you, Tam? Man, there's so many awesome experiences that we've had together. And I can't imagine, it's hard to put one above the other, but I'd say some of the, like the, the top five moments, probably when Alina did a TED talk and the complete anxiety over letting, you know, a senior daughter go out on stage in front of, you know, almost 4,000 people live, never having given a speech before. And, you know, being on the side, flipping the side stage, flipping the, the slides for, her, you know, and, and knowing that she had it perfect and but so scared for her at the same time. And then when she came off the stage, like that feeling of like, oh, my gosh, you, you nailed it. And her first thing was, uh, you know, it could have been it could have been better. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you killed it. Like you got a standing ovation and just, you know. That and I guess another maybe fun moment is when we we were in Paris for a, a trade event and she did some media there and you know being at the Louvre <laughs> kind of like outside in the courtyard mm -hmm. there and 
riding scooters around together in extremely dangerous Paris traffic. Yeah, we were riding bikes. We were riding bikes in the the circle around, like the, there's like a big monument. We're riding bikes in the circle. And I'm like, we're going to get hit by a bus or a car. But taking chances together. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's when you find out, like, that's when you, you know, some of those experiences where you're on the edge and leaning into the straps a little bit and kind of finding I don't know what you can make happen. Alina makes some great things happen. And, uh, you know, it's great to be her sidekick for some of it. Well, you've definitely had some great experience. And, you know, I think for a lot of dads, one of the things that that resonates first is is sometimes there's some fear that goes into it. And it go, so go back in time a little bit, Tom. And as, as you started to be a father to a daughter for the first time and then a second time, what would you say has been the biggest fear that you've had in raising a daughter today? Well, I will say I was a high maintenance kid. I cried a lot. I didn't like to sleep. I, I, was, I was a lot of work. So I'm sure there was some fear. I think there's no instruction manual that comes with with kids. And you just kind of pray every day, you know, let me be the best dad I can be. And let me help her to reach her potential and, and don't screw it up, you know, along the way. You know, and it's I think we're all human. We all screw up, you know, a little bit along the way and kind of look back and say, yeah, I could have done that better. But I guess the big fear is just to do my best for her and my family and my, you know, so that keeps the motivation pretty high. Now, you talked about memorable moments, and I'm sure that you also have some favorite things you like to do together. And, and Alina, you talked about that your dad's taught you a lot of different things. But what would you say are some of the favorite things that you love to do together? We really like to surf. So my dad has a pretty cool like surf, surfing, windsurfing background that not a lot of people know about when they read about Zolly Candy. But he, this was so many years ago, it was so many years ago, <laughs> but he, so he's been able to teach me how to like, not only surf and wakeboard behind a boat, but also in the ocean. So when we travel to the West coast and where we're able to surf in the ocean, he taught me how to surf. And the first time, you know, it definitely was, it was so scary. It was so scary. And I didn't like it one bit the first time, but after a couple tries, and a little bit of coaxing to get me to go back out there and try again. It's become one of our favorite things to do when we're able to travel out to the West Coast. Honestly, whenever there's like a fun new activity that's either it's, you know, when those scooters came out that you can ride around, you know, a downtown area or riding our bikes just in our neighborhood and just like other stuff like that. We like to try to take that time and get away from work, get away from whatever and try to enjoy ourselves in, in an active and, and fun way. What about for you, Tom? There's a lot. So I'd say surfing definitely been a fun thing. I'd say doing sports together is really fun. Having that time to learn how to do things and it's the first time you try something and, and trying to, I guess, sharing just those moments of like, whoa, I figured that out or, you know, whoa, I rode through that the powder on the snowboard and it wasn't so scary or I got to my feet on a surfboard. Those are the moments that are like, so cool. And I'd say just doing sports together from ice skating to snow skiing to surf and anything together on a, is fun. Now we're going to transition just in a second to talk about the the business and, and, and Zolly Candy itself. But Alina, one question that I have for you is this, is that you're in your teens and you're running a multi-million dollar company along with trying to be a kid, right? You're trying to be a teenager as well. Talk to me about that balance. And how do you try to balance this for yourself to try to still be young and be yourself while running this company too? Yeah, well, I would say it's definitely a balancing act, but 
As we get more into the story, if the listeners don't know, I actually came up with the idea for Zolly Candy when I was seven years old. So I've had that work-life balance, work-school-life balance going for quite a while now. And when you do something for long enough, it becomes routine and it becomes habitual and it becomes like your normal life. And so for me, it's really sort of what I consider normal. And people are like, well, how do you do all of it? And I'm like, that just happens. But I mean, it happens. It's kind of an understatement. And really, you know, my main supporters are my mom and my dad who are, you know, scheduling and trying to help me not only figure out how much I can fit in every day, but also finding time for the things that I love to do, whether that's dance or whether that's you know hanging out with my friends or going to the Halloween party or whatever it is. They work really hard to allow me to have the fun kid life and then also, you know, balance it with work and balance it with school. And so it's definitely not by chance that I just get it all done, but I'm lucky that I that I have two good schedulers. <laughs> And drivers, because I can't drive. <laughs> almost. You're almost there. You're almost there. <laughs> I'm not almost there. <laughs> well, before you know it, you'll be able to have that independence when you're ready, right? When you're ready. It may be if I want to. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and you have to want to do it. So now you you started talking about the history. And, and I know you've told this story so many times, but why don't you give us a little bit of history and background? You said you started this when you were seven. And I know it starts with the story of a bank visit. But why don't you give me a little bit of example of, of how this started and, and give us a little bit of a history lesson? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I actually had a history lesson today. So I'm glad to be on the other end of it, giving one instead of receiving one. So basically, uh, when I was seven years old, um, I took a trip to the bank with my dad, this guy. And I will say it wasn't my choice to go to the bank. I didn't really want to. I mean, what's there to do for kids at the bank except for get a lollipop? Basically, that's the whole reason that your parents can coax you into going. And so, you know, we go. You get the whole spiel. You do your whole checking business. And the bank teller offers me a lollipop at the end, as routine as it gets. Um, and I look at my dad and I say, hey, can I have one? And he says, it's your choice, but they're very bad for you. So obviously I didn't have a choice, but, you know, you want to do to make me feel like I had a choice. So, you know, obviously as my choice was already made up for me, I decided, okay, I won't have one, but I left the bank with no lollipop, but with a question. And the question was, why can't I have a lollipop that's good for my teeth so you can't say no? And he kind of pondered it for a little bit and we drove home. And then the next day I asked again, and the next day I asked again, when are we going to make these lollipops? When are we going to do this? And eventually he said, Alina, I have to work. Like, I I can't have you barging into my office saying, when are we going to make lollipops? So he said, you know, if you want to make something happen, you got to write down a plan. So I wrote down a plan in my idea binder, which was really just a picture, but it was a good start. And I started researching on Google, on YouTube, watching videos on how candy was made. And after accumulating some knowledge of kind of the candy manufacturing process, I took an ingredient list of just a regular sugary lollipop. And I started finding um, sugar substitutes. And then I asked my parents, I said, okay, can we go to the store? I need to, I need to do some grocery shopping. We went to the store, we got the ingredients. 
and I got to work in the kitchen. Now, I did a lot of uh, experimentation and a lot of burning sugar and a lot of sticky messes in the oven and on the stovetop, which ultimately led to me not cleaning it up um, and getting frustrated when I couldn't make candy the way that they did on the video. So after after uh, my parents cleaned up my mess, um, which I am I was lucky that I wasn't the one scrubbing the countertops. I went back to them and I was like, okay, well, we can't do this by ourselves. How are we going to make these? Where are we going to make these? And we called around and we got tours at different manufacturing facilities, also called plants. And we went on some tours and we got to see you know, how candy was made in person. And it was a really cool experience. And eventually we found a factory that could create sugar-free candy with the ingredient list that we had talked about with my dentist and my dental hygienist. And we worked with a food scientist to create the first batches of Zali candy. And so we just kind of jumped into this process of putting some time, putting some savings into it and seeing what happened. I was, and I still am very lucky that, you know, I had the opportunity to go for something like this and that I had the resources to start what was to become Zali candy. And the pops at first were definitely not delicious, not edible, nothing like they are now. But after trials and trials and lots of errors, um, we finally created uh, some some good tasting pops. We created the packaging and then my dad comes back to me and he said, okay, well, we have a package, we have product. You want to go sell this at like the farmer's market? You want to do like a lemonade stand? And I'm like, no, let's get this in the grocery store. Like, I want to buy this where I can buy, you know, regular groceries. And so we stalked the Whole Foods buyer until they finally emailed us back. And then we got a meeting for our first, what well, what was to be our first retailer. And after about five years, now we're in about 25,000 retailers in the U.S. And the bond is as strong as ever, even though I'm a moody teen now. She's a brilliant young businesswoman. <laughs> well, th- well, let's go back to that because it seems like there's some definite tenacity that you've had in your life. And it sounds like from what you said earlier, Alina, you may have had that tenacity from day one. Yes. In regards to being challenging and, you know, going to sleep and things like that. But so what is it that drives you in regards to, you know, you took this, but you were tenacious. I mean, and what you were saying and wanting to, you had this goal and you kept striving and kept pushing and kept pushing. But what is that underlying driver that made you want to not give up? Well, honestly, I feel like what some would say stubbornness, but what I'd say tenacity, I think part of it is just kind of your personality, who you are, how you were born. But also, I definitely was always the kid who you know wanted to do good in school, not because my parents told me I had to but because I wanted to do good for me. And I set pretty high standards for myself. But honestly, when kids want things, they want them. And they're not going to stop until they get them. You know, if you're, if you're, you want a toy and your mom tells you, your dad tells you, okay, well, you got to do the dishes for two weeks. You're going to do the dishes for two weeks if you want the toy. So if you want something bad enough, a kid will find a way to do it. So I feel like for me, um, whereas I saw this as not only something that I could benefit from, but something that my friends could benefit from and kids all over the world that their parents were saying no to candy. And then what I also found was tooth decay is actually the single greatest epidemic facing kids in America today. So tooth decay being a preventable disease and also, you know, having a candy that's good for your teeth, good for your health, that could help people with tooth decay, that could help kids that are struggling with the same thing that I was struggling with. My parents 
you know, not letting me have candy when I wanted to. I think those were all factors. Those were all driving factors. And, and honestly, when you find something that you're passionate about, not just, you know, a kid wanting something, you're going to want to, you know, work hard and figure out a way to do it. You know, it seemed like a fun learning process. And it definitely was. It was a very rewarding process. But I guess when you're a kid, you don't, you don't realize. And I, I think some adults don't even realize. You look at a bag of candy, you say, okay, well, I'm just going to eat it. Not, you know, how is this made? Where does it come from? And so it was a cool process for me to learn all of that and see this long, lengthy, you know, time-consuming process that really goes into making candy and then also pitching it to retailers, which is a whole other ball game. And so it was a very rewarding process, but I would say the drivers partially were, you know, just part of my DNA, but also that childlike tenacity and, and that passion for for wanting to do something that could help people. Now, Tom, I can only imagine my seven-year-old coming to me and saying that they wanted to do this and giving them this and, and that they're following through and that they're moving forward. And so talk to me about what you and Alina's mom, you know, how you guys were feeling as Alina was coming and kept coming back and kept saying and was bringing that tenacity to the forefront of trying to build this. What was that like for you? As a father, Lena's always been real curious and asked, why can't we do this? Or why can't we make something like that? And Zollipops really weren't her first thing that she wanted to create. One day as uh, I was home from work and, you know, I was watching her and we were, we were playing and she said to me, dad, we need to make robot daddies. And I mean, I was like, great how bad a dad am I that she's got to make a robot, you know? So, you know, I asked her, well, why do you want a robot daddy? And she's like, well, I want a robot daddy that can go off to work so you can hang out here and play with me and make snacks and we can play games. And I'm like, okay, so now I feel even worse because I'm not giving her enough attention. And, but I guess that curiosity that she had and, and to think, well, why can't you just make something to do this other thing so that she can get what she wants? And I think that's the, kind of her brilliance as a business person to identify that I'm going to create a solution to my problem that other people can benefit. And then, you know, taking the time to research and, and find it. So when somebody's around you, you know, I've worked with some great CEOs in my career that have been, they'd always start off a meeting with, wouldn't it be cool if, or why can't we do that? And having that curiosity around you and you kind of, uh, you know, Kids ask tons of questions, and a lot of those questions are really good. And I think if, as parents, as dads, as, as moms, taking the time to listen to your kids, what questions they're asking, and take it serious. They're brilliant young minds, and it's easy to kind of like be busy and not give it the time, but they come up with like great ideas. And you just kind of, we weren't trying to make a company, we were just trying to appease me, just keep Alina happy. <laughs> you know, she wanted candy, and she figured out that that there was a be another way to do it. And so I think it's, you know, listening to your kids and paying attention to those crazy questions and being attentive, that's kind of the secret, our parenting. And that's seems like it's working pretty good and keep at it, you know, see what tomorrow is, but just keep at it. We got to 15. So I feel like we got 15 years down. <laughs> oh, you haven't, you, we're not even to my crazy teens yet. <laughs> Going out every night, handing out Zolly Pops at all the parties, <laughs> keeping all those college kids teeth clean. Yeah. So Alina, on the opposite end, you know, I asked your dad that question, but for you, if there are other teenagers, other young kids out there that have ideas, you know, what do you say to them to encourage them to, you know, not give up? So I would say my advice, just go for it. If it's something that you feel like 
you're passionate about and you're going to put the work and you're going to put the time in, just go for it. But I say, you know, take it all with a grain of salt because if it's not something that you want to do and you just want to create a company because you want to make money, you want to create a company because other people are creating companies, those are all valid reasons but they're not going to get you through the tough stuff. You know, I've been fortunate enough to have to have very supportive parents and supportive mentors um, throughout my business journey because people are always going to find a way to hate on you. They're always going to find something that they don't like about you. And that's hard to deal with as a teen, as a kid. And so, you know, having that support system around you is so key. And that's also, you know, another piece of advice grow a support system, find a support system. And that doesn't have to be just for business. Having a support system for anything that you are going through in your middle school, high school, college life, you know, there's going to be challenges. And whether it's your parents, whether it's, you know, extended family, whether it's friends, mentors, finding those people that will support you is really key. But I'd also say one of the driving factors for me, which I kind of touched on earlier, was creating something that other people could benefit from, that I saw a need um, and I saw this gap in the market. You know, there wasn't candy that was sugar-free and fun for kids. There wasn't candy that kids with diabetes or kids with tooth decay could have or kids with food allergies. All of those things were things that I had had realized, you know, that there wasn't something, there wasn't an option. And so, you know, finding a driving factor like that um, is also very helpful. You know, it'll get you up in the morning and say, okay, it's not just for me, it's for other people. That's a good piece of advice. And I would say, you know, the final thing, which is actually something that he always told me ever since I was like two, three years old, was work hard, try, believe, and never give up. So that's a short and sweet little motto, but it really does have some good wisdom in it to keep going and believe in yourself. Now, I know over the years that Zelly Candy has expanded. You've gone from pops to many different types of pops to taffies to, you know, lots of different things. And like you said, even getting to the pop, to building the pops in the, at the beginning, you know, took failing took time, took effort to figure it all out. So as you look forward, what does the future hold in regards to that curiosity that you have in looking at the future for the company itself? Well, looking at the future, I mean, we have a lot of big plans. We have definitely grown a lot, like you said, and it's been very exciting to to see and compare the very beginning bags to what we have now and all of our different products now, it's definitely very exciting and, you know, it makes us feel very accomplished that, you know, we've, we've done all of this in, in a matter of five years. For the future, I'm going to finish up high school in about two years, which is crazy to me. And you know, Crazy to me too. <laughs> I told them the other day, I said, I feel like I'm 12. I genuinely feel like I'm 12. Like, I don't think I should be a junior in high school next year. Like, I don't think that doesn't feel right. But it's just been, you know... A crazy journey, but for the future, really, we want to keep growing the Million Smiles Initiative, which is our nonprofit where we give free Zolly candy to schools um, and teachers across America to teach kids about the importance of oral health care and entrepreneurship. Because, you know, when you're in school, you learn about math, you learn about science, you learn about English, but why not learn about taking care of your smile and, you know, taking care of your teeth? Because, you know, it all starts in your mouth. That's where all the germs go in. You know, if you don't take care of your your mouth, 
then it's going to affect your overall health. And so it's important to, to touch on that in school, whereas, you know, maybe at home, kids aren't being taught that. So, you know, we feel like it's an important thing to touch on in early on in school, elementary school, and, and be reiterated throughout the years. But also when I was in school, even in grade school, even there's limited career options, basically. I mean, as many careers as they're out there, you really get exposed to being a doctor, a vet, an astronaut, or a lawyer. And that's what all the kids say when your teacher says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I wasn't going to say, I want to be the Zollipop girl when I grow up. Obviously, I, I had no idea. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be a doctor. I'll be a vet, whatever. But we want to bring entrepreneurship into schools and you know, show kids that that's an option. You can create something that was never there before. You can create something completely new. And, you know, kids can have great ideas. And if they if they are educated on how they can take that idea and make it into something, you know, really spectacular, we feel like, you know, that should be should be celebrated. And that should be, you know, taught from a young age that entrepreneurship and starting your own company is a career choice. And that's something that you can do. You don't just have to be a doctor. I mean, you can be a doctor. That's a great career. But you can also, you know, do something completely different. So, yeah. And personally, I mean, you you mentioned two years down the road, you're going to be done with high school. So as you look six years down the road, where do you see yourself? Well, hopefully in college, <laughs> maybe still living at my parents' house. <laughs> no, but I see, you know, us growing Zali Candy to be the best it can be. It's important for us to, you know, do what we want to do with it. You know, in, in the sense that, you know, we want to grow our initiative and we want to just continue to, to make good things happen and not just, you know, sell off to a company that doesn't care about the story and, you know, the background and how it really does help people. And it resonates with kids and, and inspires them to do anything that they want to do. But personally, I mean, I want to start driving. <laughs> Maybe. He always offers to take me driving and I don't really like it that much. So I, I don't really like to go. But I that's one of my goals for the new year is to take the first segment of driver's ed. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and you know just see how the future unfolds. Hopefully everything with COVID and you know the pandemic doesn't obstruct any of like the rest of my high school years and and into into college but yeah i mean it's hard to it's hard to plan out that far in the future i mean when i was 6 years old i never thought at 7 years old i was going to come up with a the idea for for zolly candy and then at 7 years old i had no idea that at 9 years old we were going to get into whole foods and at 12 years old i didn't know 13 year old me was going to be on the cover of entrepreneur magazine like it's just you can't plan it out but you know staying positive and making the most of every day is what the future holds hopefully <laughs> i think that's the best that you can say is that you take it one day at a time and you know and and you work it out as you as you go along i mean you've excelled at so much so many things so far in your life and and i'm sure that the future only holds bright things for you join fathering together this march for the stand up dad summit an online conversation series about what it means to be a dad supporting gender equity. We have collected experts and fathers to answer questions and offer ideas of how to inspire your household to value gender equity. Join us every Monday in March for a different panel with its own theme, encompassing how to support women of all ages in your life. During these conversations, panelists will share ways to support gender equity as parents, partners, workers, and community members through personal action, advocacy, and building a better understanding of healthy masculinity and engaged fatherhood. More information can be found at our website, fatheringtogether.org. 
Now, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I typically ask just a dad, but because both of you are here, you're both going to answer these questions to, again, get to know you a little bit more. So this one's going to be, I'm going to ask Alina first, because I don't want Alina's answer to be tainted by what her dad says. Don't tell my answer. No. (laughs) Should I go earmuffs and not listen? (laughs) So Alina, in one word to you, what is fatherhood? Padre. That's the first thing. Padre. Okay, Tom. So don't say Padre, because that was my answer. I kind of think of my relationship with Alina and I've been working for her since she was born and uh, it's maybe a little more official now (laughs) in some ways, but it's kind of like really having a partner and a friend and just finding all the joy that you can in what you do every day. And that's really what being a dad is. Can you turn that into one word? (laughs) One word. Oh yeah. You want one word. Uh, Okay. I'd say it's fun. Now, Tom, when was the time that you finally felt that you succeeded at being a father to a daughter. And then Alina, you're going to answer this, but I'm going to ask you, when was the time that he, your dad, finally succeeded in being a father to a daughter? And maybe it's the same answer, but uh, it'd be interesting if it was different. I don't know that I have. I feel like we're headed in the right direction, but I don't necessarily think we've, I don't feel like I've succeeded. You know, I would look at as a success of being a dad as when she's an image. When she's a dad. (laughs) No, an image of her walking off into the world alone, but confident and independent and no looking back. To me, that would be the definition of success for me as a dad. And we're getting close, <laughs> but we're not there yet. So, well, I can do that right now. That. I can go walk outside and never look. <laughs> um, Don't do that. No, no. Well, I'm walking out into the world. So, I would say there's no finish line for being a dad. There's no finish line for being a mom. There's no finish line for being a daughter. You do everything that you can as long as you're alive, as long as you're, you know, able to to do as much as you can. And to answer the question, I guess, literally, I would say the same kind of thing, you know, because it's, you're not, you don't really reach success until, until you feel finished and you're not finished until I'm out of your house. (laughs) So I would say success has in a sense been reached because I've been supported up until now. And as long as we stay on that trajectory, (laughs) I'll give you an A plus. Okay. Now, Tom, And again, this is for both of you, but Tom, how would you say that your kids would describe you as a dad? And Alina, you have to say how you would actually describe him if it's completely different. Okay. I'd say passionate and supportive. That's all I want to say. (laughs) You're a cool dad. My friends think you're cool. Whenever I invite my friends over in the summer, he can do like a backflip on a wakeboard. So they think he's a cool dad. And some of my friends think you're the hot dad. So let's stick with cool dad. But Yeah, I mean, that really sums it up. You know, it was really cool when you let me start my own company. (laughs) Um, And it was really cool when I was born. So that was also really cool. So cool, Dad. Okay. Now, Tom, who inspires you to be a better dad? Me. You know, I would say, obviously, my daughters, (laughs) Alina and Lola. And I'd say my parents, you know, I was lucky to have good parents that when they said the same things to me that I said to Alina when she goes to bed and Lola, you know, you're an amazing kid and you can do anything if you work hard, believe and never give up. And I think those, that's what inspires me. And, and they're the biggest inspiration, you know. Now, finally, what advice would you give to other dads? Just listen. You know, he said this earlier, and I, it is really important. Kids want to be listened to. Everyone wants to be listened to. Everyone wants to feel heard. And honestly, this doesn't just go for other dads, but for other kids. 
you know, listen, just be there. And I feel like for me, it's going really fast. Like childhood is going really fast. And they always say, oh, it goes so fast. And I'm like, no, it's not going to go fast, but it's going really fast. And so just like cherish the moments and listen and try your best to, to be supportive. And yeah. And even if it's not in the biggest way, you know, you don't always have to show your support in such a big way, but to, you know, always let your kids know that you're there for them. You're there to listen. And that this has been a big thing for me too. This is just kind of like a general dad thing. Like not dads of entrepreneurs, but like just a general dad thing. Let your kids feel like they can trust you because I know a lot of my friends, I wouldn't even say a lot, but but some of my friends, you know, they wouldn't go to their parents if they were at a party and they didn't have a, a ride home. They wouldn't call their parents. But I know that I can call my parents at any hour. If I'm ever in a situation that I'm like, I want to go, I can call them. And so, you know, I guess building that trust And having that neutral respect for each other is really important. I know my parents respect me and I respect them. And they made me feel like it's okay. If you're in an instant that you're like, well, crap, my parents are going to be mad at me. It's better to feel like you can go to them than to try and cover it up and not put yourself in a a worse situation. What about you, Tim? I think, you know, listening and supporting and believing and don't get old on them. You know, like uh, old people kind of like as a dad, you kind of have this set of experiences and, you know, you may think that that's it, but that's not it. You know, there's a whole new book that's going to get written and just listen and be open to writing a new book. And, you know, you never know what can happen. So true. You never know what what can happen in that regard. Now, I guess one last thing, and and this is for anyone that is wanting to find out more about Zolly Pop, Zolly Candy, you know, anything that you guys are doing, where should they go? So you can go to zollycandy.com and that's like lolly candy, but with a Z. So zollycandy.com. And also we're on Instagram and Facebook at zollycandy. And my personal Instagram, just to plug myself, is at Alina Starmorse, star with two R's. So if you want to see, you know, what my everyday life is like, and there's occasional pictures of him too. So (laughs) it's uh, a little insight into, you know, our everyday. But yeah, you can also shop Zolly Candy on zollycandy.myshopify.com. And I will put links in the notes today with all of those so that pe- so that all of you can go and follow along with this amazing journey that they both are on. Tom and Alina, I really appreciate your time today and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. We really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. 
land is full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time, we give the lessons We make the meals, we buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be